0: Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I have Zach Esposito and Dave Esposito here today. Um, I'll, I think uh, I'll introduce them a little bit. First of all, Zach is the current assistant wrestling coach at Oklahoma State University. Um, Dave has a lot of experience with MMA and Jiu-Jitsu. He's been on the podcast before. Uh, he was a uh, wrestling coach for some of the the great MMA fighters Frankie Edgar um, uh, He was also a Jitsu coach for Bernardo Faria uh, when he won the absolute world championship uh, and so and among many others so D- Dave and Zach we're gonna start out and uh, talk about a little bit about uh, let's start out with wrestling. We just had Zach do a um, wrestling seminar for jiu-jitsu and uh, uh so let's start out there zach um I-, I always wanted to ask you who who is who do you think is the the best uh freestyle wrestler of all time the
1: best freestyle wrestler of all time well, i'd probably have to throw my boss in there just so i can make sure now but he's i mean six-time world olympic champ of john smith obviously um, of American wrestler along with Jordan Burroughs. So kind of just starting with the United States, I'd definitely say, you know, guys like Bruce Baumgartner, who's had thousands of medals, and, and um, you know, uh, John and, and Jordan Burroughs, and you got guys like, you know, David Taylor and Kyle Dake that are catching up to all the house. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I've always, maybe because they're foreigners, that they always, like, maybe have, like, this different appeal to you because you just don't see them all the time. But to me personally, I, I think um, you know Saitiev, um would be arguably you know you know the best of all time in the sense of being a four-time Olympian, or a three-time champ. And uh, what's unique about him is that you know he's won in different different rule sets in three different rule sets uh, from when he started his career. And to think of a guy that won his first world title at eighteen, nineteen years old is just insane to even think of that. Um, but uh, me personally, I would think that because <clears throat> with that is just the at, you know how you have to adapt to the rules, um, and a person that can can do that um, f- is is someone that's pretty probably grounded in their mind and and able to think and be creative enough to be successful.
0: Well, he you know so, yeah, uh, Satya had so much creativity, and I think um, uh, when when you talk about uh, adapting. I saw you know, so he was he was a three time Olympic champion and I throughout his career he changed his style a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that was rules driven? Uh or, I think, or do you think uh, it was I think competi- rules, you know, like trying to adjust to the competition or scouting him? I think uh, rules rules driven but also
1: age, you know, you start your career at eighteen, nineteen year old and then you end when you're thirties in your thirties, I mean, <clears throat> you're not gonna be able to wrestle the same way as you were. And um, to be pretty mindful enough to know that um, and not be maybe stubborn in your, in, your, in your ways. Also, I think of, like, you know, people that I mentioned, you know, even like, you know, you think of Kale Sanderson, too. You think of, like, who's the best wrestlers, like, who revolutionized the sport um, of, of skill that they did. If, if you're able to do a move that is almost like a signature move and um, it revolutionized the sport, you know, you know, from, from John of being able to hit a low single leg to people start hitting low single legs of Kale hitting ankle picks and and now more people hitting ankle picks to Jordan Burroughs hitting double legs and, you know, people pick up on those things. So I think if you're able to have this niche in your style um, to, to you know, I'm sure the same way as in, in jiu-jitsu, like this guy made the heel hook really popular. All of a sudden, everyone's doing a heel hook, you know, or, you know, this guy made this, this choke or this whole popular um, but to kind of go back to what you're saying about, you know, for me personally, I think it's him because, you know, to be great, like you have to constantly make adjustments and you have to keep evolving. And if you stay the same, uh, you're going to get passed up, especially like being in Russia. And also what I think is great is that, you know, the guys, um, you know, he's missed making teams. He's lost to guys like Marissa and came back to win a dramatic way in 2008 and finish his career as an Olympic champ. I mean, things like that are incredible. So as much as it was in his style, just how he was able to stay pretty pretty present in a moment and and go compete and make a team and still go on to win with ups and downs throughout your career, um, that's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, I, I would put him, you know, me personally, my opinion, I, I would say that he is pro- in the best combat sports athlete of all time. A uh, few, you, you know, whatever criteria you use for that, but some of what you said, you know, the creativity, the adjustment over time, the 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 level of competition he was at, you know, and I, and that's that's a broad category, but that's that's always been my opinion too. I, I thought he was the. I would even extend that from not only the best wrestler but you know any grappling that I that I know I'm familiar with and, and and even combat sports I think he was for me he was he was the best for a lot of those reasons that you said um I know you were uh you had a really distinctive style and I wanted to kind of talk one of the things I talk about a lot on this podcast is like creativity in uh you know combat sports so what what do you think um brought you to you know, you you were known for, I mean, you're good at a lot of things, but for when you wrestled, you were kind of known for trips and throws and things like that. Um, what, where do you think that came from? Why do you think you kind of gravitated toward that, that kind of thing?
1: Like for me personally, um, I had to keep wrestling fun, you know, for me to just go in and do this daily grind of, and, and hit like high crotches or just simple single legs. I remember my freshman year in high school, I watched a, a video. My coach had a video of uh, Jesse Reyes, who was um, he was a D2 uh, national champ. And back then, if you won the D2 nationals, you could go into the D1 nationals. And I want to say he was like maybe a two-time national champ in Division One. And um, I saw this video, and this guy was hitting inside trips from like everywhere, and from like no contact. And you know, I was young enough, and and I was I was I was good, but I was so much under the radar because of the team that I was on that there wasn't a lot of attention on me that I was just like I could go out there and I could try things and do things that you know if I went to my back and got pinned like the next guy was going to step up and win so it kind of gave me the freedom to be like you know creative um and 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 I just started kind of doing that and it and it developed into a style um it developed into something that you know maybe could have been known for um and with that it's just for me you know It wasn't always about winning and losing because I really, I mean, obviously I really wanted to win, but I always thought about, um, you know, I I wrestled at Oklahoma State and I was on four national championship teams. I won an individual title myself and the year that I won a national title, we had four other guys win a national title.
0: One of the greatest teams in college college wrestling of all times, I would say. One
1: of the greatest. Mm -hmm. I mean, on my college team was Johnny Hendricks, who went on to be a UFC champ. Steve Mako, who went on to be an Olympian, took fifth in the Olympics. Uh, Chris Pendleton was a national champ, and he's a head coach of Oregon State right now. Jake Rocholt, he fought in the UFC, was a three-time national champ. Um, you know, it was it was it, it was like you're coming out here to watch these these guys wrestle. It's like, how the heck am I going to stand out different than all these guys? Because you know, Marco's going to step out there, foot sweep a guy, go pin him in 15 seconds. You know, you know that Johnny Hendricks was like a the damn freight train out there, and just going to just like. Mall through guys so what i always thought about was like and at oklahoma state you have a wall from 1928 of, of national champions and olympians and and all this kind of stuff and it's like how am i going to stand out unique to everyone else because in the end i don't want to say in the end people don't remember your titles um in the end they kind of remember the way that you wrestled and the way like the excitement that they saw when you wrestled So I was a person that when I stepped out there, everyone in the stands knew that I was going to be, you know, looking to always score points, you know. And really, to tell you the truth, they probably hindered me a little bit in my career. It might have screwed me up my senior year um, with with just like, you know, other things outside of that. But for me and my style was I wanted people to like want to be want to wrestle like me one day. You know, or I wanted I wanted people to know that, you know, it's like, oh hey, Zach's up, like this is gonna be fun to watch. That was something more important to me than than um, just getting the win. You know, and maybe I should have been sometimes just go get the win, you know, because of, of making mistakes and stuff like that. But to me it was like I was a baseball player, it felt like it was wrong not to swing.
0: <laughs> you know. Uh, that's I think that's a a, a great point for and you see that with with um, you know how jiu is growing as a sport and a spectator sport, right? The, um, there was a big emphasis from you know some of the people on on my team and my teachers. Basically, what you just said that that it wasn't so important just to get the win; it was important how you won, you mm-hmm. know. And and I think that's really driven jiu-jitsu forward. People that have, or especially like you know John Danaher's team, some of the guys from from Henzo have that attitude, like you know, they're not, they're not trying to win. They're trying to, they're trying to put, get a submission or put on a show, mm-hmm. you know, and that's almost more important to them than, than winning itself than you know, eking by on an advantage or something. So I, I think that's uh, and then another thing you said, I want to come back to, uh, about you said you want to keep wrestling fun, right? And, mm-hmm. and I, I know you love wrestling. I've, I've known you for a long time. And, and, uh, as much as anybody I know, what, what's something that you, that you really love about. You know wrestling, or you could take this this also as like as a as a coach. I know you're you're you are a wrestler now. You're a coach. You're still involved in it in different capacities. Um, what what is what is if you can think about what you really like about what what you love about wrestling?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think that um, you know keeping it fun. I mean. You always kind of hear people talk about that, like, you know, I want to keep it fun. It's important to be fun. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of that stuff, but, you know, to be great in anything takes discipline, you know, and, and there's going to be times when you, you know, you wake up early in the morning, you go to practice and you're not always going to be, you know, super excited, you know? Um, and there's going to be times when it, when it's hard, but, you know, that's also what comes along with being great or, or good at something is that it does take sacrifice, um, but kind of having that perspective of, of I have a goal and I'm setting out on this goal that it's not always going to be perfect, it's not always going to be fun, but I know that this is what's important to kind of get through it. Um, but, you know, of how to keep it fun was, you know, my teammates always were able to keep things kind of light and fun. You know, we were doing something together. I think community is, is something that was really important in that, and I see that in the jiu-jitsu uh, community and even in the MMA community. Is that um, there's kind of a bond from each other, and you feed off of each other's energy. Um, so I think just that, and that having those teammates um, around you, uh, where you can bounce ideas off of, or work through a problem, or work through an issue, like or or a hold. You know, those were some of my fun, my most fun practices, where um, you know this this guy's doing this to you. You know, how do I how do I defend it? Or I can't get to this guy's legs this way. What's another way around it? Or this guy, he's doing so, you a know, good job of riding in this way. How am I you know, going to get out of it? So, like, kind of figuring out that puzzle together with your community is what really kind of kept it fun for me also. Um, you know, so being able to kind of take that perspective, you know, of it. Um, you know, and kind of going back even a little bit to, like, the fun type of wrestling is, like, even when you watch guys like Zatiev and some other uh, guys, it's like, you know, like, they, they were, like, creative out there. Like, it was almost like... You know, like I'm gonna evolve the sport, um, you know, and and that's kind of just fun in itself.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like that uh, you like the puzzle aspect of it. I've always thought that too. You're really um, you're you're a technician, and you love that part of it. Mm -hmm. Since you were young, I know you've always like studied. That's something that's really drawn me to to wrestling, and then later jujitsu because of that. It's like it's a fun problem it's a fun puzzle to solve you know I don't, I don't really play video games or you know like that's that's my game you know it's, yeah. it's a sport that I mean, we can play it at different levels i mean you played it at the highest level but it's it's um uh it's such a fun puzzle and, and like you said you're doing it with other people i think that's yeah. that's a great because it's you know it's not just a in, there's an internal part of it too right like you you touched on that like the discipline part of it the the uh the part where you have to push yourself to a goal, and there's there's a fun in that. I mean, it's not fun like no, and no, that's sacrifice.
1: Like, I mean, when you're making weight, there's nothing there's fun nothing. about not eating, you yeah. know, to make weight the next day. But but also like being able to take that perspective of of suffering brings growth. And sometimes, you know, to be good at something, you don't have to go through some suffering. You know, you just trying to maintain like this homeostasis where where like you're not getting too out of control of. Of like too low on yourself, you know. It's just a part of that game, and and in the end, like it does, it is what separates the guys that win and lose. It's the ones that can maintain motivation or maintain, you know, being grounded um, during those hard times. Because you know, I always say like in wrestling, like because I have a kid and he's ten years old and he's wrestling, and I see a lot of parents and how they deal with their kids, and. Um, you know even when they're at the college level and and in their involvement with their kids and and um to me like with my kid it's like I want to use it you know more of a bond together than than way more than of of like whether he's going to be a national champ one day or an Olympian or something like it's more about that that love for it um but i think um i think um
0: I'll see. Saying it, goodbye.
1: <laughs> Got to get a Say haircut, it, guys. Got to catch a flight. <laughs> Dave, catch a flight. We'll, we'll,
0: we'll have Dave on another another time for sure, yeah. and he can talk uh, more. I, I definitely want to. Dave was on the podcast before, and uh, and he was. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll get him back though. So, uh, all right, Dave. Safe travels. See safe you. travels.
1: Love you guys. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, just kind of getting into it, like even about my 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 son and all this, and 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 creating that is that I always said like. You're gonna find out whether this guy really wants to do it or not when he gets tired. You know, like in wrestling, you're gonna you're gonna get tired in matches, and then you don't have to grind out wins, and you don't have to do you don't have to do tough things. Like you don't have to do it when when it's really hard. You know, so what I was getting into the point where like my son is, is that it's like if he's doing it for me or if he's doing it because of this. You know, like I don't you don't know how good he can really be because there's gonna be a time in that match where. He's gonna to have to find something in himself to go win it rather than you know you know like I said it's like when you get tired that 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 character is gonna come out that that uh, want is gonna come out in them and uh, for me like when he's starting it's like it's all about just putting this passion and love for the sport in him uh, more than going to win Tulsa Nationals or more going to win the, the state tournament or, or, or the local tournament. Um, because at, at one point it's like, you know, um, you're going to just find a way. It's like, it's, you make this example. I'm not making a, an example of like, you know, uh, being up on Everest to wrestling, but I, you know, I kind of will like, you know, you get trapped in like, I seen video, you know, movies or documentaries on people that are like trapped in avalanches and, and have to find their way back down the mountain. And you find out about the people that really want to find a way to live or the ones that kind of give up on, on on themselves and not to say that's the same as wrestling, but the kind of analogy of like, you know, um, the love and passion for it is what's going to be the reason why they suck it up when they're tired to go find the win or at least, you know, you know, you know, try to win.
0: Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's one of the things that's so fascinating about wrestling. It's, it's not just about the technique or the athleticism. There's that, 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 you know, component that you just talked about. Um, from a coaching perspective, uh, you've been coaching for what, like 20 years now, something like that. I like probably, I don't know, 15 years or so. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what do you, you, you see, you probably see all different, you know, some, some people come and they're, you know, surprisingly successful. Uh, some others, maybe are not as successful as you thought. What have you seen that makes people, not I'm I'm gonna make this a little bit more narrow. Not not just successful in wrestling, but successful in learning technique. And and like you know, we talked about of how he changed his style and did what what attributes or what do you look for to see you know because there's there's good wrestlers that aren't super technical. They don't adapt hmm. a whole lot. What makes somebody? What do you what do you notice in somebody? What traits do they have that makes that makes them able to learn technique and, and, and well, I think,
1: I think, I think it's a good part of the coach to kind of understand like, you know, the ceiling of that, of that athlete, um, understanding your body, you know, it's like, I mean, you, you don't want to say it that like you can't do certain things or anything like that, but, um, you know, uh, you know, like, a guy with a certain body stature might not be able to do the same things of a person of a long, lanky guy. It's like, say, you got a guy that's five something, and and you got a guy that's like six foot. It's like, you know, I think the guys that were really good are, are people that also understood what they could do, and they were really good at what they could do. You know, I had to, I, I I get a lot of opportunities to to go around the world um, when guys make the world team and be around Team USA, like, especially right now is just a great time in, 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 you know, USA wrestling. And I've always found it like, you know, um, fascinating because it's such a hard sport that you see a guy like Jordan Burroughs, who's, you know, 30 years old and you see guys that are getting older and they're still, they're loving their passion for the sport. And even though they're still winning, um, you know, to be able to still wake up in the morning, keep their body going and do all these kind of things. But, um, every guy on that world team kind of understand what they're good at and and um, keep developing that. You know, if that makes sense.
0: I, I think so. I, th- I think I understand. It, so they're they're doing an accurate assessment of their strengths, physical, yeah, and, uh, and weaknesses. But but and, but
1: but they know their capabilities. Like Thomas Gilman at fifty seven kilos, not going to wrestle like Jordan Burroughs um, or Kyle Dake. You know, but. He's also really great at what he does, you know, and he understands that and he stays and he stays in that. Um, And he, and he still evolves off of that. Uh, But, but
0: but that's a great point. Like you said, you just said like he stays in that and, and what, like let's let's kind of let's kind of like maybe unpack that a little bit because i i see that a lot especially now in, for jujitsu jitsu athletes uh, maybe i'm speaking for myself too but there's so much instructional out there now there's so many different mm-hmm. styles and there's all these trends coming through both wrestling and jujitsu and mma but there's you know you see something that's popular for a while whether it's whether it's you know for example when john smith was wrestling everybody wanted to do a low single when uh you know when when the mendez brothers was you know were, were in the beginning of their career everybody wanted to do barembolos and jiu jitsu. So, you know, you have these trends and but you but what you're saying is you see these guys like uh, that they have an accurate assessment and they develop whatever they're good at. They don't get is it is it like a focus kind of? Is that part of a focus on on I think on may, your-
1: maybe they see success in it and then they 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 run off of that success um, that they have. Um, you know, I believe that like at a young age you should show kids everything. You know, um, I don't think you should put them into a box at a young age. Um, it's kind of like you hear about like Russians and they're doing like gymnastics up to a certain age They get taught all this technique. Um, and then, you know, really, really narrow it, narrow it in. Um, but I think that, um, I think, yeah, I think you got to understand, understand your style, understand your body. And, and really to tell you the truth right now in coaching, um, I like to see a lot more, um, Less, or I like to see less dependency. Um, I think that kids right now are being so specialized in it, and well, maybe there's so much business off of it. That, what do you
0: mean by dependency? Like what? what like
1: do you-, um, you know, like uh, I I see a lot of coaches' involvement in their athletes in every little thing of what they're doing.
0: Uh, so um, you you mean like like dependency on on someone on coaching you, to be on, told on coaching, something, to yeah? Like okay, everything. now do I this. Did.
1: Okay, now do that. Now, okay, uh, we're you know do this. Okay, warm up this way. Okay, I'm bringing you through the warm up every time. You know, okay, well, I'm bringing you through a drill all the time. Or or they're like, all right, coach, now what do I do? You know, um, I think that's you know, I think that's like you're building a robot rather than building an independent you know athlete you know, and I think the more you, and I think that comes with passion, um, but it's kind of that whole thing, like, you know, uh, you know, give a man a fish, you know, was it? I sound like I sound like a what's it called? <laughs> I sound like a a Bush George Bush, yeah. <laughs> George Bush. But it's like you know, give a give a man fold a fish, me, you give, me lunch. Gonna, <laughs> yeah. Give a man me. a fish, you know, you feed him a meal, but you teach him how to fish, you know. He eats for a lifetime type of type of thing, you know. So if you put that passion into him, um, all of a sudden now, you know, for me, I love to come into my coaches and be like, hey, I watched this, I want to try this, and all of a sudden now, I'm like in like a fish tank with my coach. I'm like, you know, like oh yeah. Rather than my coach going, no, you got to do this, and you got to do it this way, and then you got to do that, and that. Okay, now what, coach? Okay, I do this, and I th- I don't know if it's so much uh, involvement of parents. I don't know if it's so much involvement of the business aspect of of that you need me, you know, to, to and and you need to keep coming back here and you need to listen to me to be successful, um, or if it's the fear of failing that um, they grow such a. A dependency toward it, but you know my philosophy is is like, like I said, like you know, like you're kind of like almost like you're training a puppy, and then you know when he's starting to become old age, it's like let that
0: let that dog go, you know. Yeah. Um Well, yeah, I I think that that's um my my coach uh when I was in college, uh, Greg Strobel passed away, but uh since pa- passed away, but he um he was a great coach, Olympic coach, and he really emphasized that and he talked about it you know what what you're just saying like not just you know him feeding you everything and he thought there was a value I I, I think so too he talked to me once about there's a value in that above and beyond even you know like just just the act of of self-directing of yeah. having your own agency to, yeah. to try to, to do that uh, is there there's something about that that helps your development and and I think I that seems like really and I don't think all coaches, even all good coaches, have that philosophy. It's it's interesting that you that you're saying that, and and I think that, I mean, this is just you know kind of my opinion talking too, but I do think what you touched on, like society has been has pushed so much that way. Like when I was young, we kind of would go out and play on our own and do things, and uh, and now, you know. Even my, my, my children, everything's structured. You go to this, yeah. you go to that, you go to that. Yeah, everybody, we got play dates. Yeah, everybody t- instead of just going with your friends and you know yeah. meeting up randomly. So so there's that aspect. I think society's gone more of that to like a control. I think like, it's a
1: fear. Might be a fear. You know, like the you're so aware of so much now. Yeah. Like there's such an awareness of everything, and I think that that is it's scary. It's scary to be aware of things. You know, as a parent, like, as a parent. As right? a parent yeah. You know, as a parent, it's like, you know, my kids. And I don't know if it's like fear that like, how could I let that happen to my kid? It's almost like a shame you put on yourself, maybe. And maybe it's more of that type of fear than actually something happened to to your, your kid. But it's like, I mean, half the time, my parents didn't know what the heck we were. I
0: mean, yeah, <laughs> they same, definitely same didn't know where same, I was.
1: Yeah. Half the time, I was at Lehigh with with Warren and my brother when I was like eight, seven, 15, <laughs> 15, years <laughs> 15 years old. 14. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think I think a little bit of that and a little bit of that heli- helicopter parenting because of just so much stuff that you're aware of and and you can fear. Uh, but I mean, ultimately, in the end, our job as as coaches are is that um, you know, and and I take I I try to take this as as serious as it is like because i feel that if you do this you could be a successful wrestler anyways um is that uh when they graduate like that they're able to take care of themselves that they're able to be a husband that they're able to be a parent a father that could they can you know they could contribute back to society you know those are things that i i personally as a as a coach with with our student athletes is that I want them to be like, you know, it's pretty cliche to say good people, but like, I want a high, I want a functional human being when they graduate, you know, because we all know uh, successful people that are, or successful athletes that aren't the greatest people or can't maintain the certain things. Like, um, not so much that you're selling your soul for a title or, or anything like that, but uh, why can't you do both? I think that's the question I always. Kind of asked myself. I was, I was, I was talking to um, uh, Yanni Hollis, his father, because you know, like he, he, he was his son's coach, and I always bounce ideas off of him.
0: Yanni and, just won his fourth national title. Yeah, one of the greatest college wrestlers of all time. I would say. Yeah, I think that's fair to say.
1: Yeah, and 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 a great kid and a great yeah. kid. And I said to him, I was like, Yeah, I don't know. I just want my son to be a doctor. He's like, Why not both? He's like, I know a guy that's a national champion, one of the greatest surgeons in the country and I was like you know what yeah why can't you I mean like if I'm living out the characteristics of uh what a what a successful person would be doing like isn't that what you want to be doing for your wrestling too you know or for your other thing so I, I always kind of just thought of that and then in the end like whether you go out you go whether you fail or, you, or whether you go win and you go on to do it it's like I don't think you'll have regret doing it the way that way
0: yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a, a interesting point that you're bringing up is where you can do both, and I think they complement it to some degree. Like, right, like if now there, there's and I'm speaking to this from almost the other side of you. I mean, you were an extremely accomplished wrestler. I was a I was a mediocre, okay competitor and stuff. And I and I I've I've kind of I've kind of uh, done I've done pretty well at everything I've done in life, you know. But I but I've never done great at anything. Um, I think that I I do think. To some degree, what you're saying, like just just being good, being competent in life, complements um, complements being great in like wrestling or, or jiu-jitsu for example. But there there is there is a I think a limit to that. In that, you know, people that are great, you do have to focus, and there's, it, it sacrifices a lot. Which um, it, I, I see, I, I've seen people who try to try to do everything and. Your expectations have to be different, I think, in a way. You know that now. now I'm not saying you, you can't be a functioning good person, but to be great at multiple things, I think is is hard. Is to do. really hard because it's hard of, to do. because of the focus. Right? Yeah, it's the like the jack
1: of all true. trades or like you know a real thing. I mean, I mean you you know it's funny you like say like you know I like what I accomplished was like high, you know, but like in my head, I'm like, oh, I failed in some things, <laughs> you know, but, but that's also like the competitiveness in me. That is reason why maybe I won one national title, you know, yeah. but like, I mean, obviously I'm around, I'm around people that, um, are Olympic champs, world champs. You know, I got I have a, we have a student athlete on our team. That's a world silver medalist. Um, you know, that Dayton fix, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, you could you could you could kinda go both ways with it. I think now, like the older I get, the more and more and more I appreciate, like and grateful for the things that I have I was able to accomplish. You know, sometimes I'm like, Thank God I want at least one <laughs> you know, or else I'd really be upset with myself. But um, you know, being able to keep that perspective, but go also going back to what you're saying of like yeah, and that's kinda goes back to the skill and technique of a person, like what makes that wrestler kind of really good is that, you know, um, you don't need to know a thousand different moves. You gotta be good at at three of those moves. It's good to know all those things and it's good to throw it out there, but to also have a direction that you know how to they could go into. You know, and you could take the greatest the greatest wrestlers, you can narrow it down of what they did really, really well. Um, I don't know if you can do that in jujitsu, but you obviously can see that in fighting and some other things. Um, but
0: yeah, I mean <laughs> Well, what do you think then? Is is uh, this is kind of like maybe a little bit of a, a transition, but still talking about the same thing. Um, what do you, the, what do you think the relationship is between knowledge? Because what you just said, you said it's good to know everything, but you only need to be good at like three things. What what for in your mind? What's the relationship between knowledge and skill in? Grappling or combat wrestling or combat sports in general. You, you know, you speak to wrestling. But what, what do you think is that? What do you think that relationship is? It's Is, is it something you've thought about? Uh,
1: the difference between knowledge and skill, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's at the time you're doing it, I think you just like, you know, uh, at the time you're doing it, I think you're so naive to it that you don't even think about it. If that makes sense, I think more as a coach, you think about it a little bit more.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. why I was wondering. You know, in your perspective, like, like you do have to. It, I I always think about that too. And it's it is different as a coach. You have to know everything as a coach, but yeah. but as but you don't have to be great at it. Like like you know how Jordan Burr. You you know everything about how he does his setups and yeah. how he does his double legs and stuff. Yeah. And but you're not going to be able to do it the same way Jordan Burr no. does. And that wasn't even necessarily your style so but you know i i think and and let's let's flip that around and, and maybe maybe you won't like this, good but I, i'm sure jordan burris has a great inside trip because he's good at everything yeah but he, go he, he doesn't do it and you yeah. did it all the time and yeah, you hit yeah. It on very good yeah. very good people like like yeah. world level people so what what makes you know both of you guys know you know the double leg and he knows the inside trip so mm. what's what's that What's that relationship? I think it's just two? it's
1: success of what they have with it and, and the coach being able to identify that and be like, Hey, I know you're good at this, but you're much better at doing this. You know, uh it's funny, we're talking about Burrows a lot, like but uh, you know, uh, I think I remember one time, um I think we were at Istanbul together. I don't even, I don't even know if I if he asked him this if he would even know it, but you know, I kinda do, but I was like, Hey, do you I was like and kinda like I was saying, like you know, when you're younger, you're naive. You're just going through it, you know. And and that's a part of the thing as a coach is like you don't want your athletes thinking that much. You know, like you almost want to do the. Th- I don't want to say you do the thinking for them because, like I said, that whole dependency independence. Yeah, that you're, that but sounds like, like a little
0: bit of a contradiction. About it's what it's you said weird. It's like yeah.
1: you don't want them thinking. You don't want them thinking too much. Like you want them having a good perspective. You want them, you know, you know, being excited about themselves. You want them thinking, but not overthinking. And and that's the hard, it's, it's really hard to do, especially today, because there's just so much information out there. You know, like you could watch, you know, Russian nationals that as it's going live and back in the day, like... You couldn't get any of that
0: stuff. Well, we I remember even when, when you you know you said when you were like fifteen, sixteen, when we come on the we Lehigh up. and
1: steal videos oh, from
0: I mean that was like a treasure for us. If we could oh, get gosh. a video of Russian, you know, Russian some matches of Russian nationals. Yeah. I mean that was that was like our you know the best thing we yeah. could find back then. Now it's like there's so much you could never watch it all. Well on it's actually
1: yeah, it's actually actually kind of funny. Like people are like, How are kids so good young? And I'm like, Yeah, it's coaching, yeah, it's this, yeah, it's all that. It's like it's also they got Like they go on Instagram and they can watch every highlight of every little thing that people put on. Um, But, uh, you you know, yeah, it is like you don't want them thinking too much as a coach, like as a coach. And you want to maybe help guide them. It's kind of like a kid, like it's like a parent. But I think I asked Burroughs that one time of like, um, like, hey, do you, do you, did you recognize the time of when it kind of went from like you being super excited to just go win a world or Olympic gold medal to all of a sudden you gotta have almost now a new, you know, like, like that juice ran out and you had to find a new way to be motivated. You know, like, cause he had such a long career that yeah. at some point your perspective on the sport changes. Like you're young, coming out of college, you go win the world championships, you go win the Olympics, and now you're super fired up. Everyone loves you in the country. You go on to win your next one and all of a sudden like he had an injury and he still went to world championships and won. And then, you know, he, he, you know, goes and takes third at the world. And then he has a devastation at the Olympics. And then, like, all these kind of things are going through that I can't, I, I couldn't imagine, like, when did you stop being naive about it all and have to actually maybe, like, think, like, going, like, why am I still doing this? Or how am I doing this? And he's like, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, that's it. That's interesting. You say that. I mean, you, you just kind of change your perspective on things and you you. You know, he, you know, he's one of the most grounded people that I've been around um, or seen, um, and I think just that it was just like, you know, what 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 keeps him grounded in the sport. You know, why he does it. I'm sure money is always another thing that that plays into it. But um,
0: uh, you know, I I've what what did he say as far as like did he did, was there a specific? Like, I want to say I don't, I don't know if there was or, a
1: specific transition or, kind of or anything. It was started... I think it was just gradual. You know and. I don't, maybe, maybe he didn't even think about it too much. He just kind of developed into what's the next thing. And I think guys like Taylor and day coming up became a new motivation for him too. Cause he, he, he ran a lot off of, you know, he'll have interviews and he he ran a lot off of like, no one, you know, no one recruited me out of high school. I wasn't even the best wrestler on my block. And he always had this like chip on his shoulder. You know, I remember like going to these training camps and stuff and like, like he's competitive, man. He's a competitor. It was like I was like walking into jail and I like earned the respect. <laughs> you know, like and it was like also like he was Nebraska, he was Oklahoma we were Oklahoma State and we was both at the Big Twelves together and like, you know, they wanted to beat Oklahoma State. Yeah. You know? And uh I would come in like and I remember like Pan Am's maybe last year at the Pan Am championships. It was like, you know, I drilled with them and then like I had to hold my I had to hold my own and I had to fight. Uh, with them, just like like to, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Hey, let's drill again tomorrow." I'm like, "Son of a," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it was like it was like you know, and he'd be like, "Hey, man, you're still kind of good," you know. And just like, "Hey, I appreciate that, but don't say that to me just to go eat again <laughs> tomorrow." But um, I think I like and kind of just go on to it is like uh, I met a lot of like I don't want like successful people, um, you know, successful in their sport, and um, sometimes it's crazy because there's like a letdown are like, oh, man, they're like a normal person. or, or you know, I don't, I'm not really sure like, about this. Um, uh, I, met, I met Khabib last year. Um, I was doing a camp at Cormier's, and uh, I was like, hey. He's like, yeah, the Dagestans are training over at AKA. I was like, dude, can I go? I want to go. I want to go watch him train. That was my favorite thing to do. It wasn't watching competition. It was watching him train. When I would go to the Worlds and Olympics, I stayed in the back in the warm-up room because I wanted to see how Satya warmed up. It was actually really funny because he'd warm up really hard. He'd go out there and he'd just stand. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: so says he didn't do a, a hard warm up? No,
1: he he did a super hard warm up. Oh, okay. But then he'd go out in his match, and she'd be like, "Hey, you gonna like move?" He's yeah. like just like yeah, like kinda, lanky, yeah. just hanging out That's there. Strange. Thought. But I, when I met Khabib, I was like, "Okay, I get it. I get it. Like, like this guy is is um and maybe it's his faith yeah. that, that grounds him." But I was just like, "Okay." I see the difference in what makes people super great versus just versus really, really just good. versus just good.
0: What, what did you see it? What did you, can you, can you, I know it's sometimes hard to put your finger on like that, those qualities, but what, what did like, let's just take that example of Khabib. What, did, what did you see or what did you notice about him that was different than even other great athletes that you're around, for example?
1: Mm, you know, and, and, and being around, you know, just some of them, they all have this commonality of, they have something that's grounded more than just their sport. you know I don't know if it sounds you know religious or, or or how it sounds or anything but um, you know they, you know they always you know, say like God's willing or, or any of this like they were able to take that pressure off themselves maybe right away just by that. Um, I think I think that was always the thing and that and you just saw the love in them. And also, like just to what, what give mean, back the,
0: the love of of just in general the sport, the sport, yeah. yeah
1: and like the love to give back, yeah. you know. Like I was there, and Khabib was going through the workout with with Luke Rockhold and with uh, Umar Namari megov and he's like going through it with them, yeah. And like you just like, it, I think I think that perspective of of him like going like I'm passing it on to the next generations like so old school thinking than rather new school think of like, Hey, I'm done. I'm moving on. I'm going to make my own money. I'm going to go do this thing. Like he has that probably in him. Like he has that Eagle fight. He has all this other stuff, but like this, this like something in him that, that looked like grounded, giving back. Same thing with Cormier. Like the guy is doing, you know, commentating. He's gone every weekend and the guy coaches a high school team.
0: I know that's amazing. And he, you know, one of the best UFC fighters like to me of that's greatness. You know, yeah, and and well, just a funny kind of aside. You know, I know you're really good friends with with Daniel Cormier, but he, um, uh, we we ended up at his when he won his first title. We were you and I were at his after party, and we came <laughs> we came to see him. <laughs> and,
1: and, uh, that was he, after he beat Anderson Silva. Yeah,
0: and and Zach was um, Zach was. Uh, uh, I don't know, we were we, we were having a, a great time out in Vegas but Daniel Daniel's so happy to see you and he was like, you know, it's right after he won his title and everybody's all trying to, you know, touch him and everything and you cheer and he's like, Zach, uh, you wanna go to breakfast tomorrow? And Zach's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> Daniel, he's, I'm like, say uh, that. he's like he's like I forget what was going on or whatever, but he's like, "Oh, it's just so awesome to see you, and it's great to see you." And and uh, and and it just, you know, I I don't know Daniel at all really, but I I just got a sense of like that, like what you're saying, what a what a great per- like genuine person. He wasn't even thinking about him say you know, he just he was just happy to see an old friend. You know, we used like to afterwards. do like
1: we used to do camps in Louisiana, and 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 listen, when we were wrestling, we were broke. We were, I mean, we were broke. We were making a thousand dollars a month, eight hundred dollars after taxes. The only way you were gonna make money was win these tournaments. Was to win tournaments, you know. And like Daniel was like the only one, you know, you know, winning and and was making money. But he was so funny because we'd be at camp in Louisiana. I can remember going. He's like, "I'm gonna be famous. and I'm gonna get a whole new friends. I'm not hanging out with any of y'all, <laughs> you know." And and like that's that's him. He was funny. And uh, you know, and, then, and he became famous, and he and he and he did like his famous things, and he and he and he went and won. And I think that. Uh, he got, you know, I think he really kind of just takes pleasure of being back around, um, being around people that he knew, you know, that knew like Daniel, like at that time. And, and there's much other people that are much closer to him, like Jamil Kelly and some other guys who's Olympic silver medalists also. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's actually like, you know, I don't even see him as what it is. I think it's kind of cool of what he is but honestly to tell you the truth like daniel's always been like an encouraging person to me um and i think that's always what something that i've held really really like dear to me of that you know he really he like cares about you as a person i think you can see that in in certain people and maybe that's what i saw in khabib of of it with the with the dagestanis there is that you know he like he wants them to do well
0: yeah and, and I think, I think people that haven't, I, I haven't experienced it probably even to the same level you have, but when you get like a little bit of fame or like local fame, people definitely treat you different. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it is nice to, you know, you, you, you talked about it before you come up, the grappling forges, these like really strong relationships. And I think it's, it's great for that. You know, most of my best friends are, are through that, uh, through grappling too. And, and it is nice. I think for people like Daniel that are, you know, or Khabib that are world famous to come back to people that they were around before that and yeah. just forge a different type of friendship. Th- I mean, a friendship because somebody's famous is just, you know, everybody likes famous people, but you know, that they- oh, has
1: got some perks So like you can go to UFC fight, sit with them, you know, for sure. like yeah. like I, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, like like I was great. on like uh um, yeah. you know, yes, I was yeah, I was but... I was bragging to like the other guys that are like my friends with like we have a group message between like um You know, me, him, Jamil, Chris Pendleton, like Coleman Scott, and, and, uh, like, you know, Jamil loves to go do everything. Like, like, he's like a guy who's like, you know, wants to go, wants to go do it, you know. Um, but, uh Cormier called me up, miss, this is, this is years back. He's like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, nothing. I'm like, where's UFC this weekend? He's like, it's in Atlanta. I was like, he's like, you wanna come, come sit with me? I was like, well, all right, let me let me look at tickets, you know. And I jumped on I was like, Hey, I got a ticket to I got a ticket. He's like, All right, come on, let's let's go sit. Let's, you know, come, come with UFC. Saw him messing with like Jamil and them on the on the on the thing. And I'm like, all right, where am I sitting? He's like, You don't sit with me. So like we walk into the arena, there's like no one's there. Well, actually before that we're having like lunch and like with with like Bruce Buffer and like Megan O'Levy and like all these like guys that are there and like people I don't even like know. You know, and then like we walk up to the cage, we sit down, and he's like, "I'm like, hey, is Joe Rogan coming?" He's like, "He's like, yeah, go, he, Joe. Joe will be here." He's like, "He's awesome." Uh, he's like, "He's like, you'll get to meet him." I was like, "All right, sweet." You know, like you know, this is like at the time I'm like really fired up. So I'm sitting down, and then here comes Joe Rogan walking in, and he comes walking in with Theo Vaughn and 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 uh, and like an, another comedian, and I'm sitting down and watching the fights with with these guys behind them all, and I'm just like. Like, it's just kind of cool. Yeah. You know, like Shaquille O'Neal was like, was like, was like, like uh you know like five feet away from us and i was just like this is like crazy like this is like make-believe i'm like daniel you're like you're really famous that's what i was like daniel you're, like really famous he's like he's like yeah man i'm all, I'm all right
0: <laughs> well when you get a little taste of that even like you know like secondhand like in my case or whatever you know you're around people like that it is it is interesting it's just I, it's just for me it's just another experience yeah. it's like like you know I, I was talking to my son i i I, I find it interesting when you know i when you hang out with extremely wealthy people and, and 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 people on the full other spectrum that don't you know maybe don't have anything and i I, I feel glad that I've been able to to interact yeah. with people on all across like the economic spectrum. I've gotten to, you know, the sports taken me to be at least be around fame, some fame like you're talking about. And I remember a great one was, uh, with you when we were out, it was quite a few years ago. Now. Was it with Robbie Wallen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were in uh, Las Vegas at fight night. And I think Robbie was the current UFC. I think he was the current champ at that time or, or you know, but I mean, Robbie Waller, a great fighter didn't, doesn't matter whether he was current or not, but I think he was the champ at that time. And, uh, we were just kind of hanging out with him because he's friend, you know, friends with Zach and and uh, we were, you know, we we're just eating at a restaurant, eating a burger, and the, he couldn't even eat. It got ridiculous. We couldn't even walk through the casino because he just got mobbed.
1: Remember we had him. He took a picture of me and you, and they're like, "Why the hell's Robert Oliver taking a picture of these two guys?"
0: Oh, well, yeah, well, so you did that, so it was funny. So. you know, he's just sitting there trying to eat a hamburger and he really nice guy being really nice. The fans are coming up, you know, maybe a little bit rude, you know, while he's eating and saying like, Tim, like, can I get a picture with you and stuff? And he's like putting his hamburger down and trying to take a picture. And, and, and Zach's there and Zach's like, Get, get, he got the ca- the guy's camera, one of the fans, and he's like, he's like, Robbie, take a picture of me. <laughs> the, the guy's like, I don't, I don't even understand what's going on. <laughs> Robbie took pictures of me and Zach and stuff. And, but, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it is we fun. We were
1: walking through and then it reminded me of uh, like Marcus Aurelius uh, <laughs> and, I, and I looked up behind him. I was like, you're only a man. <laughs> that was the best. That, was, that made you're the night and, and then we let
0: him go because we were just getting mobbed. We couldn't even walk through. Yeah, we were one, one of my buddies
1: trained him and, and I got down to meet him um, you know, um, but I think, I think like, like what I took from that experience with Atlanta and it was, it was, that was like the greatest night, like Max Holloway fought Poirier and then Adesanya won. Um, he beat, um, Gatsula maybe. Um, it was, it was like one of the best fight nights ever too. And I think that like, I think like maybe Daniel and those guys got past the, the stardom of it like in a sense of like the excitement of it. Like, you know, I was like a little kid in a candy shop, you know, to him, but it was normal. But I think what I took from it now is like, I'm not really like, when I do get to do like cool things like that, or I do get to meet like a guy like Khabib, or I do get to be around certain people, I think, I think more of like, because before I was like, if I meet this person, it's gonna make me feel this way and be motivated to go do this. And, and that wasn't always necessarily true. Or like I did this and I'm like, now I want the next high you know, like, I wanna to go to the next UFC, Daniel, or I wanna to go to the next one, or I want that you know, like you you like constantly chasing this high and now like I think like with it of just like, you know, you kinda of sit there now and you're just like, man, I'm I'm really grateful that I even can do this or be around this. And I think when I took that pers- like when I have that perspective on things, like you could do cool things and you could still stay grounded. Or you could hit a low point and still stay grounded and get back to where you want to be and you know now like I'm like I'm super grateful for where I came from in New Jersey to where I am now whether I have success in the future or whether I have failure um I, I really am and it sounds like so cliche and so corny but like you know it I, I like I'm extremely grateful that I could call up Cormier on the phone and you know and, and it's it's like it's like the funny thing is if we were with our friends, we're like, You're grateful to be able to call Cormier on the phone. It's just like he was like, Do you not remember how he like how he was or any of this? But like, no, I mean like I am. I'm I'm very grateful that if I shot Jordan Burroughs a text message, he he you know, he texted back and, and maybe it's vice versa too. Maybe it's vice versa, like, hey, um, you know, I'm grateful that Zach's willing to help, you know, or Zach's willing to give advice.
0: Well, I think that's it. You know, I I think for me, I, I personally don't uh, i never you know and i've never been really famous for anything but i don't even i, I prefer like like what you just said you know I'm, I'm grateful i'm able to sit down with zach esposito and do a podcast because that's who i respect and and if if the people i respect respect me that's that's what i really care about you know and 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 uh i don't care if you know um, a whole bunch of people think i'm I'm cool on Instagram or something. like I, I think if the people that I know respect if the people that I respect respect me, I, I'm grateful for that. you know, yeah. I'm super grateful and I, th- I think that's that's what you're speaking. But I to, think, those, I those think, quality people and I think there.
1: I think that's like you know this this conversation went all over the place today. But, oh, yeah. but I think that like that is. and I think that maybe the perspective that when you know um, you see the famous person that's chasing the high, you know, I'm just like, man, sooner or later, it's going to burn out. And then they're going to have like a, you know, like sooner or later motivation, you know, goes away. I think that's why I asked Burroughs that at the time, maybe like I was searching for some extra motivation. But you you could still be great and you could still do great things and you don't have to be super motivated. You know what I mean? I think like you could still stay on that that path. And it's not like just because you don't have that motivation of chasing your first title, um doesn't mean that you can't go win a second title. Um, you just have to have a different perspective of your outlook on it. You know, like and and I think I I coach more now towards my. I think I coach more now, um, based off my failures than my success.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. And,
1: um, I mean, I do talk about success and, you know, the may like one-time national champ is like big whoop. Honestly to tell you the truth like I'm way more grateful for the team titles that I was on. Like that was like, you know, really cool, but I think I always coached more towards my failures, you know, or I don't want to say failures cuz it's such a not a harsh word, but I think I coach more towards that because there's way more lessons in that. Um, you know, like why did my head get off track when I was a senior in college? You know, why why did I why why couldn't I keep my mind during this time or why, why did I lose like, you know, something at this point? Or uh, why did I overthink this? Or, you know, I think like being able to kind of take that compassion on as a coach towards your athlete. And it's like, I don't want them to go through the same stuff. It's kind of like, what well, you're a parent, like you're a parent and, and it's like, oh, I want to raise my kids this way. Not like the way I was raised in this way. Like, um, I think that's always I think that's like a little bit of that perspective that I try to have now. And when I do that, I feel better about myself.
0: I, I think uh, one thing I just highlight that you said, and I think you it kind of been a theme, your motivation isn't always consistent, right? Like you're not always on those highs. And I think I, you've been kind of alluding to this a lot during the podcast and, and that you you put it, I don't know if push through is even the right word, but you can continue and you, you almost don't want to expect your motivation is always going to be at peak level and yeah. stay there and climb yeah. throughout, throughout whatever you're doing, but you can still, you know, enjoy grappling and, yeah. and wrestling or whatever it is in coaching. So I, I think that's a, a really good point that I'd like to just highlight so that, you know, whoever's listening to this, that, that, cause that's been my experience too, is you can't keep a con- it, motivation. Isn't consistent. It's ups and downs, yeah. you know, Hype and, runs out. Yeah. That's why I
1: always, I always like. I always have such a respect for people that win multiple times because it becomes something else like even Cejudo like you know he he talks about being the the triple champ and all this and he wants to come back and he wants to fight and I I don't know if it's about him chasing a high I think he just like I think he might say those things to build a brand or to build this but like of being around Henry like when he was younger it was like yeah he wants to be the great but man like I don't, I don't know. I think, like, there's there's something special about them that I don't think they're doing it. Like, I don't, like, I think they hate to lose. I think all this. But I think there's something deeper in there, too. Like, Michael Jordan, like, there was something deeper. It wasn't him about him just, just like, winning winning NBA championships. I think it was a big part of it. I think it was, like, a big motivation. Same thing for guys like, you know, a guy like who's, like, a nine-time World Olympic champ. It went, it, I don't think the motivation was, I'm going to be the greatest of all time. You know, it maybe was when he was younger and that hype, but things change. You know, uh, hype wears off, you know, motivation wears off, um, all those things, but there's something deeper in them. And I think that's maybe what I'm trying to put into like my son growing up or or even my athletes here is that like, yeah, be motivated to be the greatest, be be all this kind of stuff, but you need something to grab onto when, when shit's hard. And that's what gets you through it. You know, that's what gets you through it. That's what keeps you on track. That's what keeps you grounded and that's what really ultimately successful people can do.
0: And that could be love of the of of the sports. Yeah. Like why the a hell is Warren
1: Buffett or... still do what he does? Yeah. Right. You're like, he why? doesn't need to. Yeah, he doesn't so. need to do it. But he still loves it. He loves something about it. And maybe and I, it's just a game to him. Yeah, that he but loves there, to there, play. there
0: has to be so much love to put, keep playing the game. And and like you said, a lot of people, maybe it's their faith. You know, like that seems mm-hmm. to be a really recurring theme. I I um when watching national the national championships this year, uh, you know, just, it was really remarkable to me how many, and, you know, Penn State comes to mind, obviously, but like, all those athletes, you know, are really forward with that. And, and that's not the way I, you know, I'm not like that or evangelistic about that kind of thing. But it's Personally, but I see that, and you mentioned that how it gives him something else, like Khabib. It's, it's, you know, it's Islam and it's, it's his faith. But I I do think there's something to that. I think it was, you know, you really saw that at last last year's. Well, there is,
1: there is something beyond yourself. You know, me personally. I mean, you know, I'm a person of faith. Um, I know that when I'm living my faith, I, I feel a lot better about myself. And maybe I shouldn't say like I feel a lot better about myself. It's not really even feeling a lot better about myself. I think it's just. I feel way more present i feel way more giving i feel more way more grat- you know grateful because in the end you're gonna die and none of these titles matter you know like it's kind of cool that it goes on it's kind of cool it goes on a wall but still when you go on the wall there's another person that goes on the wall after you you know i think that's why i always said like you know outside of my faith like you know i wanted to be known for something else i wanted to be known for the way I wrestled, almost more than the titles that I won.
0: Well, I think that about you too. I mean, I, I you know, you're, you're a maybe, maybe it's it's because you're around so many great, great athletes and wrestlers, and maybe it's because you have a certain humility. But, um, I, you know, winning a national championship is an amazing accomplishment. I, I really wanted to do it. I never could even come close to doing it. But I, uh, I know it's a great accomplishment. But I don't even think of you. I don't put you in that category of like a guy that won a national champ. I mean, like because of the way you wrestled, you know. I, I think it's a dip, for me. It, it's just me speaking personally. You made uh, I put you on a different level than that, you know. So that's 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 how I always thought of you because what you talked about, it's the way you wrestled, the way you yeah. won. It was different. It wasn't. It you know. You see a lot of great national champs that that weren't like that. So that that's first of all, I, I just want to say that for the people I listening that, that haven't gotten to see, you know, look up some match I mean
1: now don't look up. We go on YouTube, it's all yeah. the matches I lost. <laughs> well <laughs> you know,
0: well that's the thing too. Back we talked about we touched on that about how there's so much video. Well, this was only what, you you were wrestling two thousand five, you know, yeah. fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago was a different world as far as like video availability oh, yeah, yeah. And, and stuff. So yeah, but I mean I got to see it a lot because I was watching him and a friend of mine and stuff. But but I think everybody that knew wrestling in that era or most people kind of felt the same way. But um, one th- one thing before we kind of wrap up, I wanted to ask you because he I was here talking
1: to you, award.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know we got to we're uh, we're in Pittsburgh. Zach did a uh, uh, wrestling for uh, for jujitsu sem- and MMA seminar. We had a lot of MMA fighters at it as well um, uh, there's just, just maybe three more quick things I wanted to touch on. And one of them was that is, uh, what do you think? Um, I know you, you had a lot of fun exploring uh, a little different, you know, the rule sets a little bit different. Uh, the, the objectives are a little bit different, but I think you, you brought some really unique, um, ideas, uh, a lot of expertise of, of certain parts of, of, of grappling like we looked at getting takedowns without going to our knee and sticking our head in guillotines and things like that we looked at um uh you know a p- really common position now breaking somebody down from behind using pressure to um create opportunities without taking big risks uh in in jiu-jitsu when their stances are higher we talked about floating and and that's something uh uh, I might even not even talk about that too much because we're going to keep that. We're gonna, that's something we need to experiment. There's a concept that we worked on. Uh, I think you said you, Khabib was somebody that or uh, no, you know, yeah, Cormier was showed was me some of it, inspired. And... But but it was really powerful, and uh, I'm really interested in to to play with it and develop it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of my motivations. And now at this point in jiu-jitsu is just to play with new things and learn new new perspectives. But um, what do you think uh, the the future for? Uh, technically do you think that from your experience do you think that there's going to be a lot more crossover between you know wrestlers that have a certain expertise and certain rule sets and, and and other grappling sports
1: yeah i'm kind of like watch out jujitsu grapplers because i think there'll be more and more wrestlers transitioning into it you know you see like jason Dolph on his instagram doing things i'm like oof you guys don't want him in in jujitsu
0: you know, I, sooner or later. I, I've actually got to work out with Jason. I, I've gotten to roll with him in jujitsu. Some uh, I got to roll with Bo Nickel.
1: Yeah. Also, I uh, mean these guys are they're they're um, you know Johnny Hendricks. Like he was he was better at, at like jujitsu than he was at fight.
0: Yeah, a grappler. Yeah, but, that makes sense. But
1: you roll around with him with Dolph?
0: Yeah, yeah. I did. I got the chance to. I think a couple times. Um, he did a seminar or two at our school here. Also, and uh, he. Um, I I don't know. You know he he's. He's a really creative guy too, the mm-hmm. same the same as you are. I think um uh I, you know, he's still focused I think on wrestling yeah. primarily. Uh whereas, you know, his teammate Bo yeah, is is kind of really and, and and I think Bo was already transitioning to G- Yeah, even while he
1: was wrestling, I think he was.
0: I think so too. I think he cuz cuz when I when I trained with him, he was too familiar with, gra- with submission grappling to mm. not have done it. You know what I mean? And I know he's a great athlete and, and like, you know, when, when you and I roll around, it's, it's so different when you get to to train with, you know, you don't have a, a lot of experience in jiu jitsu or submission grappling at all, but just to feel that high level of a grappler, it's, it's really interesting to feel somebody that maybe isn't familiar with some of the positions as much, but has a general knowledge about how to move your body and move other people's bodies. Yeah. and, it's just so fascinating to, f- to feel that because it's not like you're trained in these patterns that you know jujitsu people yeah. get into. There's you know every sport has that you know it, it's driven partly by the rules, but you get into like movement patterns. Yeah, and and you have different ones, right? So I th-
1: I, that's what I think too is like what evolves the sport because we're seeing in wrestling too, like we're seeing like kids that, like kids in college that did jiu-jitsu and stuff growing up and they're in college wrestling and then all of a sudden they're doing things that are a little different that are like you said like different patterns and I think that's also what is going to evolve the sport even more when more wrestlers start getting into jiu-jitsu and they get out of these par- these patterns you know that it's going to force the evolution of the sport to keep evolving and actually it might start to get a little more defensive uh, because people just trying to stop stop things before it gets more offensively again like I think I'm, I feel I'm, like that's what I'm seeing in wrestling a little bit now more too is that there's such a high level that it's almost like forcing a little bit of of defensiveness um but still the guys that are most offensive still win. Um uh, but but yesterday like when I was doing the seminar and it might have been the I I I did up I've done two seminars up in upstate New York uh with my man Bruno and um and Richie Alt uh Richie um and I, I, it's a Henzo's also up upstate New York, and um, you know, man. It was, yeah, I know those guys. too. They're, they're good they're guys. Mine, they're yeah. fun guys. Bruno's a funny, yeah. funny guy too. Uh, but um, you know, like, I, you know, you go in the room, and like, you're used to seeing, like, I'm used to seeing like 20 year old kids, and you know, super good shape, and ready to run through a wall. And I walk in the room, and I'm like, there's like a, there's like a 25 year old guy kid, and then there's like a 45 year old man. You know, and that's what's pretty cool about jiu is that everyone kind of can do it, you know, to an extent, but I'm looking around, I'm like, these guys don't want to learn how to suck a single leg in. and They don't want to learn like certain things that are like straining. It's like, let's do something that actually like when when I leave here today, they could actually like want to do this, you know, and not be too hard on their bodies. And that's why we got into a lot of that. You know, we did a lot of stuff where we weren't hitting our knees. And we did you know a lot of things that were maybe effective to to put pressure on guys uh without taking crazy risk
0: yeah and i i think i think you tu- there's two things you just touched on i, I think are both true i think jiu jitsu is a sport that's more um it, it's more universal it reminds me even even more so than this but it reminds me of like you know when i was over in russia years ago and and it it wrestling in russia although you know there there there's there's high level wrestling there's also more you know just older guys getting together and wrestling around you yeah know, there's that aspect in Russia that we don't really have that at all you know no. wrestling for most people's done in high school if you're really good you might you might go through college but then you're 22 23 you know and then and then if you're really really good you're you're going international but that's even a, a tiny tiny percentage uh in the United States so whereas in other places you know it's something you in, in Russia, like when I was there, a the bunch of older guys—you know—I don't know how old they were because I was really young, but like they—they'd uh, get together and wrestle around a little bit, kind yeah, of casually. And and that's that's what jujitsu is. Like this morning, we just came from uh, uh, my Zelienople location where there's Team Krusty, and there's there's a bunch of you know over forty guys training hard, but but they're you know they're they have careers, they're business people, have yeah. fathers, or you know, and and they're, there's but, something
1: about combat to yeah, that like. like there's something about combat, like we grab another person that even though you're sparring or playing around, there's still something about that that brings something like y- your endorphin levels. Leaving there is different than you going
0: for like a run for sure. Yeah. yeah. And those guys recognize that. I think, though, the other aspect that people and you touched on this as well, like there is a difference in athleticism. Wrestling is a shorter match generally. Um, so it, it, it more explosiveness. Yeah. Um,
1: Higher Wrestling's intensity.
0: higher intensity. Wrestling's mm-hmm. been around uh, longer, so and I there's probably I don't know participation in the United States is probably getting close to parity as far as like younger people, but but uh, uh, it's a it's just a different athleticism. You know, you look at the greatest, gr- the greatest. Well, right now it's Gordon Ryan, the greatest, probably the greatest nogi mm-hmm. of all time and he's not particularly fast. I mean, is he said that his coaches have said that, that I, that I know, uh, he's very strong statically, right. And wrestling, you don't, it's really hard to be at the very, very top levels without some level of explosiveness and speed, right. In wrestling. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think it's a different athleticism and I think that reflects the different time, the rule sets and and the risk, like you said about it's, it's risky to, you know, overcommit to things in jujitsu. Um, it's sometimes so you know like that's that's uh, a little bit different um and i look forward to like we're gonna have a video out of some of your techniques i think pretty soon so i really look forward to like working working with you more and you know having you back so hopefully if you're listening to this podcast uh you know we'll, zach will be back and teaching some more and it's it's not your average seminar it's we're gonna we're gonna explore things that you won't see anywhere else so that's uh, uh, uh I think really take advantage of that. If you get a chance to come, um, two other things I wanted to, you know, we had Dave Esposito here, your older brother, mm-hmm. one of my best friends, uh, and, and he, you know, he's talked on the pod, uh, another episode of the podcast, but I just wanted to ask you what, what influence, what are some of the ways he's influenced you over the years?
1: Oh man. I mean, um, you know, I, use used my brother Dave a lot when I'm in recruiting too, um, because Dave was always like capable. Um, but he wasn't ever a state champ, you know, in New Jersey. Um, he went to Lehigh. In his first year, he didn't qualify for NCA's. His second year, he qualified for NCA's, and then his junior and senior year, he takes third and second at the NCA's. And
0: um, I think just like. And he had, uh, I think, his senior year he had, I think he had the most takedowns that year uh, in in in. Uh, I think it was one of the most he had one of the the most takedowns that season of of anybody in the top eight. I think wow. or something like that. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Um, you know he just he just was was that influence. He was the guy that was always able to keep it fun, um, you know, in that sense. And and someone I really respected. I think I really wanted to win a national title when he lost his national title. I think that was like something that was like way more important uh, for me. Is that like. You know, I was able to do something that that he wanted to do. So you were doing it
0: partly for him. It was partly yeah. for him that you were. Yeah, I you mean, like, like I want to say it
1: was partly for him because you know, at the time, I was you know selfish and just like I want to go kill everybody, you know. But like, no, it was just something like you know, it was something that I always felt him believe in me, uh, and uh, it was just something that uh, was just really special to me. Like I remember, like when he took second. Um, I went down, and I saw him in the locker room. Like I, I like snuck down onto the floor, NCAs, and and found him in the locker room, and and how upset he was. Um, and he was like, "I'm sorry, I lost," you know. And like, like that that crushed me when he said that. Like, "I'm sorry, I lost." I'm like, "Dude, what are you talking about?" You know. And then like, so, um, you know, to be able to go win and and share that with him, and just see like, you know, me. I, I may I, maybe I'm just too much of a people pleaser too. Like. Uh, When I won a national title, like, I was happy that other people shared in it and felt happy from it more than even myself feel happy. Like, to see, like, you know, Coach Smith smile and see, like, Pat Smith, who was, like, really, really influential coach to me, Pat Smith. Um, and, And even going back to, like, my club coaches of growing up, and and man i i didn't have this like a crazy and like, that
0: was uh er- ernie, ernie monaco
1: yeah. and then jeff Boxer and that jeff and solomon coach. flackman and just so many so many like important people around and 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 i think that was just always something that did it but you know my brother dave like i went through a hard time as a freshman in high school i went to a blair academy it was a boarding school i was away from home 14 turning 15. um and man i i, I walk into this room and there's a bunch of killers there you know, there's just people that like I'm getting destroyed every day, you know, where I like I wanted to quit. I hated it. I was like, this is just stupid. One, it's hard. <laughs> you know, that that's that's number one. I'm fucking tired. of getting tired. <laughs> you know, like I'm exhausted and on top of it, I'm going to school. That's actually a tough school, too, and all those things. And um, I remember like I like like went home um, like I was just going through a hard time and my brother Dave came back from college.
0: I remember that too, you know, when you were yeah. kind of going through that, I was there too and kind of, you know, friends with Dave and you and then I met you Yeah, then. poor
1: Dave was trying to win like a national title himself and dealing with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like Dave, you know, Dave, he always knew like the things to say to me to uh, to motivate me and it was never like yelling like at me. Like I, ne- I just wasn't going to respond if someone yelled, yelled or something like that. He just like, he kind of just hit me in a way like, like, you know like um you know it's like it's a waste of talent <laughs> you know like like bronxdale you know <laughs> s- hey the saddest thing of life is a waste of talent and like it was like all right like all right let me try
0: and go go do this thing then you know well dave's a pretty uh he's a kind of a very psychological he's, he's very <laughs> good at that that kind of stuff so i uh yeah i can see he definitely used that to good benefit with with, with, with to help you um I guess like finishing up one thing, kind of off topic, I, I wanted to talk to you about you and I have had a lot of, I guess, conversation, like philosophy <laughs> about, about different books. Read, I know you have yeah. like to read a lot. Um, what's, what's some book, uh, a book that you, that comes to mind right now that you, that, that you uh, are, are enjoying or that you got something out of? Oh,
1: that I that I did. Any oh, anything that
0: comes to mind. I just wanted to kind of just end on that. Like uh, you know, it's
1: actually kind of crazy. I'm like, I, I mean, I've I've dove deeper into my faith life. Um, probably in the past, a 14 year old daughter will do that to you. <laughs> 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 you know, a 14 year old daughter will make you will make you find more purpose and meaning in your life. Honestly, like I I I um. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. You know, I I like the Hallow app. Um, it's it's a, it's a Catholic app, and they do a lot of daily daily readings of the gospel. But it's not like it's not like a I'm not trying to be like a Bible beater or anything like that. But there's there's a couple great people on there of like a Bishop Barron, um, and there's a Father Mike Schmitz, who's, um, you know, like they talk about they talk about the faith in a, in in a way that's like. That's not like you do this and you get this, you do that, and you do that. And and growing up Catholic, like that was what I felt. Um, and this was different. This was like the way they were, they were he was moving things in a way of it was it was building this Christ like character. And when you, when I say Christ like character, it wasn't like this like the you you're gonna have to suffer. You know, like life is is like Buddha said, it's like life is suffering, you know, and you're and, and, and through suffering you find meaning. And I think a lot of that kind of stuff. As I start getting older, you start to to, to see those things. And for me, that um, I read like Purpose Driven Life. I mean, it's a famous book. Also, like it's like a daily, a daily 40-day kind of journal um, type of deal. Um, that's that's been you know I, I enjoy that. Um, I listen to, to stuff on you know you know hearing hearing stories from the Bible, like stories of Job and 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 other things like. And that's what it. That's what I. I kind of find more meaning is, is through that suffering is finding purpose, um, you know. To me, um, I like I like also reading books like A uh, Man's Search for Meaning. I mean, a person in a um, Victor Frankl of of uh, being in a concentration camp, and you know, the whole thing is like I'm not making this book out to be about a concentration camp. It's like finding purpose and meaning in some of the hardest situations. Um, you know, I always <laughs> stumble upon Siddhartha again. <laughs> You yeah, know, great, great Narcissus book. and Goldman. Um, you know those Herman Hess books and everything like that. But um, you know, my daily, I I I daily try to, I daily try to, um, uh, you know, deepen my, not 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 deepen my mind to too much thought because you could drive yourself crazy going through philosophies. Like you, you jump like I should be thinking this way, or I should be thinking that way, or I should be a badass like David Goggins, and you're like, oh, I should be like this way, like like uh you know like like buddha or like this way like that or i need to be like a yogi you know <laughs> and like all these different like things and, and you could really get yourself confused um on it but i think all of it i i try to keep myself grounded in in, in one thing it's kind of like we we're saying about technique yeah it's i can true. It's know funny. a lot of you're, different you're,
0: things I, I, that's really interesting because because you you kind of take that same approach i see that just while, while you're saying you 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 you're very open, like, like you just, you just quoted, like you quoted about the Buddha and you're, you're talking about your Catholic faith and it's, you know, a lot, I I know you've read a lot about all kinds of religions mm. and things like that. You're not, you're not close minded to that, but you focus on what's yours yeah. and what's,
1: and that you know. is what's mine. And, um, I dive, I dive deep into it and I have, I have people that I talk to. Um, you know, I have, I have a great priest in, in Stillwater that I talk to, which I wish I had him as a priest growing up because it was like, um, uh, I have a good group of friends uh, that that are that are that are grounded in it that aren't Catholic that are other people, but um, I think like there 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 is a there is a deeper purpose than than your sport. There is a deeper purpose than than a lot of things, and uh, that's not me searching for something. That's me actually believing that, you know, of actually believing that. You know, I do believe that when you die, you go to you go you go somewhere or or, or something happens. Um, you know, I wanna believe that way because if not, then life's just shallow. Like what the hell's the point of it all? Um, this this podcast really turned. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well no, but no, like that I, was kind of by design. I did yeah. want to kind of finish up because I, mean, I
1: yeah. Uh, well, it's part every of every day I learn something. I try to I try to dive myself deeper into what my belief is. It's kinda like you are in your style. It's like, you know, I'm gonna dive deeper into my style, I'm gonna dive deeper into my belief and, and I wanna make it bulletproof you know like my style of wrestling I want to make it bulletproof I want to I want to you know patch up you know I want to make it make it so calloused over that even when the hardest things happen so you lose or whatever I'm always still able to be grounded and still be able to be present and that's the same way I, I want to think like in my life I mean I mean heck man this year was was one of our toughest years as a coach at Oklahoma State you know past two years some of the toughest things in at Oklahoma State um you know like i said i have a 14 year old daughter 10 year old son a daughter has turned eight like my life is always changing you know um and and with your life always changing you have emotions that change in you every day too um so for me being able to keep perspective and stay grounded in it 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 does go back to something that's deeper and purposeful meaning for me not that i try to throw that out the window like oh it all don't matter i'm just gonna focus on this it's like no i have to find find a lot of this purpose and meaning in, in, in through through good times and through suffering and, and whatever it may be. And um, I, I hope to share that, like, with well, my kids one day that, you know, they're bulletproof. You know, I, I really do believe that, you know, like, my identity isn't tied into my sport. It's a big part of my life. It's a giant part of my life. It's how I feed my family. Um, it's how I do a lot of things. Uh, but my identity is tied into something I feel is, is, is deeper. And when I, when I feel that way, not think that way, when I feel that way, um, like I feel, I, I, when I feel that way, I, I, I'm, I'm more whole. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. That, that, that and that's why uh, I, I really wanted to touch on that. Cause you know, a lot of our podcasts, we talk a lot about whether it's jujitsu or wrestling or whatever. And I, I, I knew that about, I, I knew that you, um you know as as much as you love wrestling as much as I've ever seen really anybody there is there's there's an other important parts of your life and i I just I wanted to touch on that and, I'll say uh, this
1: like I won a national title, the next day was miserable, you know next day was miserable, you know I was training for the world's Olympics, you know I was like third or fourth on the ladder, and I broke my back and and like I was miserable, man, I was depressed yeah. it was hard, you know because my identity was so tied into it. You know, like like I won a national title. I was like, I thought this was supposed to make everything great. Like I, I accomplished my goal. Rather than I should have been like, man, I'm that was really cool that I was able to do that. Like, let's see how far I could take this. And now my perspective of that is like it's way more way more longevity. You know, I think that's what I you know, I wanna be able to pass on to my kids is that you know, whether you go on to be a national champ, Olympic champ, it's like that's great. You're gonna have that for the rest of your life. You're gonna be labeled that as 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 the rest of your life, but don't feel that that's your label. You know, go for it. Want to win? Be the best at it. You know, and um, but know that that you know that's not the end all be all of how you want to be labeled. And it kind of goes back to even what I was saying about me as a wrestler. Like, you know, if I was able, if I stay more focused on how I wanted to be as a competitor rather than winning this thing is going to make me who I am and who I'm not, you know, you, you know, you actually create a better, a better athlete.
0: <laughs> well, that's, 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 I, I really liked how you phrased that as far as like, you know, it, it, you, you can really want to win and, and focus on how you are as a competitor, um, versus making winning, uh, tied to your identity. I think that's a great, yeah, and I, I think that's a great place to wrap up. Well, thanks so much for, uh, you, just just taking the time to come out and and you know share your deep expertise and ex, and and even just kind of brainstorm with us about uh, you know jujitsu and, and and wrestling and, and the intersection there. I really look forward to always fun hanging out with you. I'm sure we'll get together again soon. But yeah. I, I, also I look forward to uh, you know getting on the mats with you again and hopefully we can uh, you know keep keep this uh, ex- exploration of. Uh, 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 of, the, of jiu-jitsu and, and wrestling going yeah i think it's, it's i love it it's
1: man fun, and man. i'll definitely be back i'll be back this summertime and want to get branch out more like to kids yeah. you know like jujitsu with kids and and things like that and you know create some some bad asses
0: <laughs> well guys if you uh and if you want to see more about zach i mean he's a coach at oklahoma state and also uh he has um a lot of instructional videos on BJJ Fanatics. Um, so shout out to those guys also. Uh, he has videos about how to teach kids, games for kids. He has, uh, specifically, he has uh, videos on um, the over-under position, tr- uh, leg tri- trip at using your legs to take people down, um, single legs. Uh, so just, you know, ch- if you're if you're into instructional videos and you like that, Definitely check uh, Zach out on BJ Fanatics. And, uh, you know, you can see him coaching in uh, Oklahoma State and sometimes helping out with some of the world teams also. So
1: Appreciate it, Warren G.
0: Yeah, thanks, Zach.